What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, we're going to jump right into it today. There are some arbitration decisions that have been happening. I don't really think anybody needs to hear a lot about the specific numbers, but arbitration basically is, for those who don't know, it's when a player and a team, they basically decide on what salary to pay the player. The player files at one value, the team files at one value, and they either come to an agreement or they go to an arbitration hearing. Arbitration hearing is heard by a third party, and then the third party chooses either the player side or the team side. They don't, the, the, the third party arbiter does not choose some kind of number in the middle. They literally choose one or the other. They have to hear arguments from the player as to why he deserves he should be paid X and arguments from the team as to why the player should be paid Y, then they choose either X or Y. From what I've heard, some of these hearings can get pretty testy and they could definitely lead to some bad blood or a bad taste in the mouth for a player having to hear their team talk all these bad things about them, but it's just business. And what players are arbitration eligible? Typically, you're going to be arbitration eligible for, I want to say it's three years before you can become a free agent. Some players get four if they were what's called a super two. So typically you have three years on your rookie level salary, then three years of arbitration, then you're a free agent. But if you, if you, let's say you played like parts of three seasons, but not three full seasons, sometimes you can get what's called super two status. It's like two plus, and then you can be arbitration eligible four years before you become a free agent. So typically that's how it works. And the idea of arbitration is to start giving you raises each year until you become a free agent. That's generally how it goes. But for example, just some of the bigger names that were on there, the Padres avoided arbitration with Juan Soto because they agreed to a $23 million contract. That's a very high value. $23 million for arbitration, you know, for a pre-free agent player is up there. Any, anytime you see someone north of 20, that's that's going to be pretty high. I remember the Red Sox reached a similar deal with Mookie Betts back in the day. Then they also avoided arbitration with Josh Hader, agreeing to a $14.1 million deal. So aside from Shohei Otani, so the record is Shohei Otani. He agreed to a $30 million deal with the Angels at the end of last season. That's the highest we've ever seen in arbitration. Soto just got that 23, so that, that kind of tells you that he's he's up there too. So he he comes in above projection. You know, he was forecasted to land at 21 and a half million, but obviously the Padres want to keep him happy, and I think that's a smart move. But jumping into other news, news came out of Pittsburgh saying that the Pirates are re-signing Andrew McCutcheon. A one-year deal for $5 million. This is big news because Kutch is going back to where it all began. The free agent outfielder is returning to the team where he won National League MVP in 2013. Five-time All-Star. He's definitely going to get a hero's welcome in his return to PNC Park. You know, the Pirates drafted him with the number 11 overall pick in 2005 draft out of high school. Came up with the Pirates and blossomed into... A superstar and 
by 2009, he had reached the majors, played his way into a fourth place rookie of the year finish. And we know he just kept getting better every year. 2013, when he had won MVP, was, was a peak. Thing about Kutch is he signed an early extension with Pittsburgh. This is one of those things where he was really young when he signed it. It was a six-year, $51 million contract with a club option for his seventh season. And obviously, he ended up outplaying that contract, winning a MVP during that. And, you know, Kutch hasn't really aged gracefully as he entered his 30s. He kind of lost a step as far as speed goes and hasn't been as productive at the plate. But he was productive enough in 2018 to land a three-year, $50 million deal with the Phillies. And he was pretty decent with the Phillies, but then he suffered a torn ACL that first year, this remainder of that season. But now he's since settled into a closer to league average in terms of offensive output. Over the past three seasons, he's had a 103 weighted runs created plus. Most recently, he was with the Milwaukee Brewers and scuffled to career low numbers. Played the full season, but his, his numbers just were not that good. 237, 316 with the on-base percentage, 384 with the slugging. So the thing is, at this point, Kutch has remained a potent threat against left-handed pitching. Over the last... Oh, over, between 2009 to 2020, sorry, 2019 to 2021, he hit 291 against lefties. Yes, it did dip a bit with the Brewers in 2022, but that's probably what you're going to see him as he's, he was their primary DH in Milwaukee last year. So, I mean, the Pirates don't have a lot of talent on the roster anyway, if we're being honest. So Kutch will get plenty of playing time. He may not even need to be a platoon guy. Uh, he can't play center field regularly anymore at this point in his career but you know expect to see him in like left field or something left field dh and he'll he'll definitely be getting quite a bit of playing time here in other news in other news the reds have signed luke weaver so it's a one-year deal luke weaver is a pitcher first round selection of the cardinals in 2014 and, I mean, this is a pretty under-the-radar signing, but the Reds just need need an arm. They went out and got him. It's not a whole lot. It's one one year, two, $2 million for Luke Weaver. And last but not least, oh, I guess I'll just kind of jump into some of the big names here. Uh, Ian Happ and the Cubs avoided arbitration. It's a $10.85 million salary. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Blue Jays avoided arbitration. It's a $14.5 million salary. Sorry, I said I wasn't going to get into that, but those are some big names. Had to kind of talk about it. So, what are the New York Mets going to do in their outfield? Right? So, this is a Mets team that is going into 2023 with big expectations yet again. It's being reported that they're going to cast a wide net. They did have interest in Kutch, but obviously he's decided to reunite with Pittsburgh. Adam Duvall is on their radar. Trey Mancini's in the mix as well. And the reason for this is because, you know, they're looking for a fourth outfielder. Looking for a fourth outfielder. They have guys there, but, you know, you want to make sure you have a backup for Mark Canna, Brandon Nimmo, and Starling Marte. Those are the three starters, but you need a fourth outfielder. So those are the guys that they're looking into. Tommy Pham, I said, is also in the mix. The Mets 
we're ready to sign Carlos Correa. That didn't happen. Are they going to go out there and make another splash? Could they? I mean, could they? I mean, they would probably have to be through the trade market. I don't know. I mean, at this point in the offseason, I think all the big moves have been made. If a big trade happens, it would definitely be out of the blue. Someone's name who has been floated around is Brian Reynolds out in Pittsburgh, but the Pirates want a huge haul for him. So we don't know. We don't know. So we'll keep an eye on things, but those are our updates right now. That's going to do for today. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.